Welcome to the Harrisburg Brethren in Christ sermon series. Bienvenidos a la serie de sermones de Harrisburg Brethren in Christ, where our vision is to be a thriving, diverse, urban church sharing Christ's love and serving the needs of our local and global communities. Here's an example of what you hear. If God was powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead, he's powerful enough to break these chains of addiction on me. He's powerful enough to break the generational curses in my family. He is powerful enough to stop the senseless violence in Harrisburg. I'm telling you this morning the incredible truth that Jesus Christ is crazy about you. Helping each other to experience God's love, God's power, God's healing. Helping to change one another's lives. Church can continue to be a place, or church can continue to become a people, my people. Let's pray. And now here's this week's sermon. Check it out. God bless you. Uh, before I get started in today's message, I really like uh, to thank all of you for your cards and your emails and your prayers. Uh, my father died uh, October the 10th. He was buried October the 17th. This is my first Sunday back uh, since I've been down in Virginia dealing with the estate and all of that. But I felt very loved and very connected with this congregation. So thank you for all of you who uh, held the Dalton family up in prayer. We deeply, deeply appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to tell you more about what went on there, but I, I have felt led to to uh, talk about prayer. I preached on prayer and how we needed a year of prayer back in the summer, which means most of you never heard that sermon. So I'm going to preach on something along those themes today. And so I'm going to read from Daniel chapter 10, the first 14 verses of Daniel chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called something. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, nor meat, nor wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there was before me a man dressed in linen, with a belt of fine gold with euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. It sounds like somebody later in the Bible. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that, as they, fled, that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. My, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words that I'm about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom 
resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. God gives visions, and then he gives us the power and the courage to follow those visions. And here he talks about a vision that was yet to come. He says, I have now come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. That's what visions are, a picture of what is yet to come. It was true for Daniel. It's true for us. Back in this time, at this place, Israel was at a crossroads. And so Daniel did the only smart thing there was to do. He prayed and he fasted. We are at a crossroads. 20 years ago, we were at a crossroads. And during that time, 20 years ago, we prayed for one year. And as a result of that one year, James and Mary Roach came to our church. Teresa Baltimore was sent by the Spirit directly to our church. Brenda Bear was sent by God to our church. And she happened to know somebody named Cedra Washington, who happened to be one of the key people to ever come to our church. God made his will known to us, and we were forever changed. What we see here today is the result of God answering prayer. History, our history, was changed. We were changed. God gave us a vision, and that vision has become uh, readily visible to us. Now we are at the crossroads again. In 20 and a half months, well, actually it's 20 months, basically, I will be retiring as a senior pastor of this church after serving as senior pastor for 39 years. By the way, since I've been here, some of you have grown old. <laughs> it's sad to see the deterioration. Anyway, <laughs> I believe God's vision for us remains the same. But how we implement that vision, what new doors God is opening, are yet to be discovered. The board and the staff believe it is time to pray again for God to lead us now like he did then. After all, it's his church. Christ is the head of his body. Good ideas are not good enough. We need fresh revelation for the days ahead. We need to hear from Jesus about what's next, just like Daniel did. And that requires people praying together and individually for his kingdom to come to Harrisburg and to H. Bick and to this city. I believe God is already starting a prayer movement in this church. Tim Johnson has felt called to pray on different times and occasions. I don't even know the schedule, but the fact that he felt led to start some kind of prayer movement encourages me. Dan Rosario has asked the men's group to focus on prayer. The intercessors, led by Mary Lou Rugue and Anna Peachy, have always focused on the prayer needs of this church. And I, if I missed anybody, please forgive me. In the last two months, I have felt my own prayer life reignited for intercessory prayer, which is prayer for the healing and the salvation and for God's blessings to fall on someone else besides me. 
Above all, intercessory prayer is for God's Spirit to move among us in fresh ways and in new power that sweeps people up into the arms of God, the love of God, and into His kingdom. And as I have prayed in the last two months, I have encountered anew an old familiar enemy, the same one Daniel encountered. Because, brothers and sisters, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places. Did you understand the language that Daniel was using back then? That he, he said, I ran into the prince of the Persian kingdom. That's a power and principality. And he said, I was detained for 21 days. And then he said, Michael came to help. And he described Michael as what? A prince. When people start praying, Jesus isn't the only one who starts moving. In these last weeks, I've had multiple dreams that I haven't had in years. Dreams of battling demonic powers. And in conjunction with those dreams, I've had one of the devil's basic manifestations in my life, and sometimes even in this church. When the devil usually historically has moved in this church, sometimes it has felt like he's put itching powder and everybody's grumpy. And sometimes people who are not stable become radically unstable. And then the third manifestation of when Satan starts to move is that things break. Mechanical things especially. And of course, one of those things Satan seems to break are my cars. While I was in Virginia this past week, my brother-in-law, backing out of his driveway, had the first accident in his entire life. He's 53. He's never had an accident. He rammed my car while it was parked on the street near his driveway. It was wet, and when he tried to hit the brakes, he had on these really old treadless tennis shoes, and his foot slipped off the brake, and he rammed the front of my car. I watched it happen in what seemed to be slow motion, horrified and helpless. I have been driving for 48 years. Only once in those 48 years when I was behind the wheel have I ever had a wreck. But I have had four cars totaled and nine cars hit by someone as my cars were parked and driverless and minding their own business. It is a wonder I can get car insurance. When the devil moves, he hits my poor, innocent cars who were bothering nobody. When we get to heaven, I'm sure we all have questions. But one, and, and this won't be the top of the list, but one of my questions when I get to heaven is, is Jesus, what was up with the cars? Come on. What was up with that? All joking aside, what I have sensed is a new strategy that the evil one is using with us. Instead of making some of us angry and unstable, he seems to be, like he did with Daniel, seems to be blocking us spiritually, numbing us, discouraging us, oppressing us, distracting us, keeping us occupied with all kinds of hardships. I can't remember a year in ministry, and I've been here 37 and a half years, I can't remember a year when as many people got, have gotten as beaten up as this year. Daniel discovered there are times when fighting such an evil 
all we can do is pray. Pray for God to break through. Pray for the Spirit of God to hold the enemy at bay so we can focus on God's movements in our souls and in our church and in our city. As Jesus said, this kind is only defeated by prayer and fasting. God is starting to take us someplace. And Satan is trying to suffocate what God is doing in its infancy before it even gets started. But the fact that God is causing people to pray, that God is causing some people to hunger for him, that he's causing some people to thirst to see the glory of God in our midst, means something is coming. It means someone is coming. It means the Holy Spirit is coming in new power with fresh guidance. That's what it means. But it will not come without a price, and it will not come easily. We are in a war. But it will come if we pray, just like Daniel. And some may even be called to fast, just like Daniel and just like Jesus suggested. It's the only way evil is defeated. But the great news here today is that God answers prayer. I saw it with my father, who was saved on October the 9th at the age of 96 and a half. He, uh, I had been praying for him for 45 years. My sister had been praying for him for over 50 years. She got saved before I did, and, uh, but I don't hold it against her. Anyway... My father, for most of his life, was absolutely unsavable. He was an arrogant narcissist who believed he didn't need Jesus or anyone saving him or anyone forgiving him. He told me more than once, he said, I don't need Christianity. I've never hurt anyone in my life. I've never said a bad word about anyone in my life both of which were patently, unbelievably false statements. Ten days before he died, he had been so verbally abusive to my sister, my sister went to bed and she was so hurt and so angry from his verbal abuse while she was taking care of him for nine and a half weeks at her home that in her dream she dreamed about strangling him with her two bare hands. And when she woke up, both of her hands were numb. The left hand is still a little numb. My prayer for my sister during those nine and a half weeks was that God would give her the strength to take care of my father and that she would not go to prison. But three days before he died, something remarkable happened. My dad was finally broken as he lay dying, and he knew he was dying. He knew there was no coming back from this. And that was absolutely necessary for my father. I have to tell you this one story. One night we thought my father was dying and my sister was rushing him to the hospital, to the emergency room, because we thought he was dying. And, and my sister did not want him to die without Christ. And so she called me on the phone while she was driving my father to the hospital, which was five minutes away. And I picked up the phone and I said, Dad, this may be it. You need to give your heart to Christ. You need to, come on, Dad, this could be it. We don't want you to go into eternity without Jesus. 
You know what my father said? He said, well, we're just five minutes from the hospital. Let's see what the doctor says. I mean, who wants to give their heart five minutes prematurely to Jesus? That was my father. But my sister told me that in those last three days, my father became like a child, like a little boy. Childlike, not childish. He was tender and vulnerable and even thankful for every little thing. Linda said that this was the way God made our father before he was abused as a child and made countless terrible decisions that turned him into the man we had known all of our lives. She called me on the morning of October the 9th to tell me all of this. She said, Woody, he's different. I've never seen him this way. And I told her, pray the sinner's prayer with him. I had prayed the sinner's prayer with him, uh, but I don't think it took. <laughs> um, but I said, you pray the sinner's prayer with him and tell him to listen carefully. And if he agrees with what was prayed, you ask him to say, yes, I agree. Or if he can't talk, because by this time you could hear the death rattle. If he can't talk, have him squeeze your hand hard. My sister, not quite knowing how to do the sinner's prayer, Googled sinner's prayer. <laughs> Never in all of my life would I have imagined that Google had something to do with my father's salvation. Is there nothing you cannot find on Google? I, I don't know. I'm really asking. <laughs> and she found the sinner's prayer on Google, and there were a number of versions of it. And she picked the one that she felt my dad would best understand and most sounded the most like dad. And so my sister did as I asked, and at the end of the prayer, she said, Dad, do you agree with what you've just heard? And if you agree, then just say, yes, I agree. And this was a guy who was struggling for every breath. And with all that was left to him, he whispered out, yes, I agree. And my sister thinking, by the way, those... Those were three of the last words he ever said. And my sister, still not quite trusting it, she said, Now, listen, Dad, if you really, really, really meant what you said, squeeze my hand. And he squeezed her hand hard. This happened late at night on October the 9th. That same night, it was too late for her to call me, but that same night, On October the 10th, I was in bed asleep, sound asleep, and uh, at between 2 and 3 a.m., I was awakened by what I can only describe as pure joy spilling into the room. And immediately I knew what it was about. Jesus had saved my dad. And the same joy that makes angels dance over one sinner who has come home 
came spilling directly from heaven onto me. And it was so wonderful, and it was so powerful. It woke me out of a deep sleep. And I praised the Lord for at least an hour or two, I don't know how long, until I fell back asleep. At 6.20 that morning, on October the 10th, my sister called to tell me my dad had gotten saved. And I told her, I know, someone called before you did. Later that day, at 3.40 in the afternoon, my dad went to heaven. He had been saved less than 24 hours. For years I have prayed, Lord, please save him and take him. He's 96 and a half, save him and take him. And when he was really, really a jerk, I would say, please save him and kill him. But it was all the same. <laughs> but anyway, at, but on October the 10th at 6.20 in the morning, my sister called to tell me what had happened. And I asked her to put the phone on speaker and put it near dad. Because sometimes, you know, I've been in ministry enough to know that sometimes people hold on until they can have closure with certain people. And I knew dad had closure with my sister Linda. And I suspected he needed to have closure with me. And so I told him, dad, I'm so happy about what has happened in you. I love you and Linda and I will see you again. One day we will walk the streets of heaven together. You're dying, Dad, but don't be afraid. Christ is coming to take you home. Do not hesitate to go with him. Those were my last words to my father. I am so grateful today and so relieved because some very, very hard decisions were coming up about whether to put him in a nursing home. He was running out of money my sister simply could not take care of him anymore. It was breaking her. And God answered and saved him and took him. And the timing was right. I'm here to tell you God answers prayer. It may not be when we want or how we imagine. Sometimes it takes 45 or 50 years of prayer. But God answers prayer. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is pray more. Sometimes it's even no. But God's no's are a lot bigger and better than our yeses. So we pray. This coming year, will you covenant to pray for the future of this church? Like Daniel and like Israel and like us 20 years ago, we are at the crossroads I'm retiring, and there's a new pastor. I hear his name is, what, Johnson or something. He's coming. Pray for God's guidance about what is next. Pray for the Spirit to move. Pray for us to connect to Harrisburg in new and deeper ways and for the doors to open into this city and God's love and power to flow into this city through us. Will you pray also? for Satan to be constrained and Christ and his church to flourish and the distractions and the blockages to stop in your life and in other people's life and for the kingdom to come. Will you join with others, both formally and informally? And I really invite 
some of the life groups, please take a little time and pray about this. And Sunday school classes, take a little time and pray about this. And, and you know, there, are, there will be special prayer events coming up. Please make them a priority. Pray individually, but, when, but pray. And form your, grab another person and just say, let's pray together. But do this. Because as Daniel saw, what happens in the invisible determines what happens in the visible. And why? Because God answers prayer. We are here today because God answered somebody's prayer. We are saved today because God answered somebody's prayer. This congregation is the way it is because God guided us like he guided Israel and Daniel. So this next year, until or if God gives us clear guidance before a year is up, we'll, we'll cut the program short. <laughs> but let us pray. Because there, I, I need to tell you, there is something special here. There is something so special here. And the evil one will do everything he can to derail it. Only about 3 or 3.5% of churches in North America are intentionally diverse. That makes us a big target. A big target. And so we must pray for each other. We must pray for the one that Daniel described to get here and reveal what he needs to reveal. So what I'm going to ask now is I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to take a few minutes and I want you to let the Spirit search you for anything that is blocking the move of Jesus in your life. And I want, you, I want you to let go of that. I want you to give it to him. And I want everyone here to pray to hunger and thirst for the Spirit of God to operate fully in their lives.
Holy Spirit, do what needs to be done in each of our hearts. Lord, if, if we no longer desire to spend time with you, change us. If we no longer care so much about your word, change us. If we no longer offer up all our hearts in worship, change us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for hearing our prayers and putting new prayers in our heart. Please answer them. In Jesus' name, amen. The other thing, and we do this sometimes on the quarterly uh, Monday night prayer nights, is uh, we ask people to share how God has answered a prayer in the last six months or year in your life. And um, I've kind of given my testimony. I, I was wondering, are there any, is there anybody else that would like to share in a minute or two how God answered a prayer of yours? And I'm going to go down and get the microphone. Uh, I know it's a little scary and stuff, but you'll just raise your hand. We'd love to hear your testimony about how God has answered prayer. Yes, Steve, why don't you stand? Speak loudly. Elias. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah, this guy was laid up for weeks, for weeks, months, yes. Anybody else have a, something they'd like to share? 
Okay. I don't know if I have a microphone. My voice carries. Go ahead. Take <laughs> okay. Um, two years ago, I came here probably for the first time. I had been a few times because I knew some folks, but my husband was very ill. My kids' academics were up in flux. Um, my husband and I both had really stressful, high-paying, but incredibly difficult jobs. And it's two years later. My husband is well. My children are thriving. Um, we've moved, so I'm an hour away, which makes it a little harder to get here. But I've quit my job and work very part-time from home. Our world is entirely different, but it's just been through. I've been embraced by folks at this church, but also in my new community. And I just feel like my world is entirely different. And it's been God and prayer and community and faith and therapy and medicine and <laughs> all the gifts God gives us, you know. And I am just so, so grateful. And it blows my mind sometimes because 2015 seems like an entirely different lifetime to me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anyone else like to share? There's two more people, and then we're going to do a group prayer. So, hi, Andrea. Okay. So, we got married two years ago, and the kids, his kids, have had varying reactions to me. And you remember the middle one. Yes, he loved you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was in tears after the ceremony. Um, but in the last year, he's gotten better with me. The older one hasn't. The daughter hasn't, but um, I don't know how long ago it was. We were, the three of us were watching TV, and he decided, Grant decided he was going to go to bed. And so he hugged Brad goodbye, goodnight, and then he came over and hugged me. And Brad looked at me like, what just happened? <laughs> and then maybe not that long after, he was sitting in our room, and he goes, you remember when I didn't like you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Very brave, yeah. Yes, he said, well, I like you now. Praise the Lord. That was a lot of prayer. Somewhat like Pastor Woody's father, my father also is 96 years old and um, running out of money. Um, he was living independently up until February of this year when he fell and everything went south from then on. He is in a care facility now. Uh, when he went into there, we thought he would die and he would have enough money to outlive where he's at right now. Uh, he got his second wind, if you will, and uh, doing very well, especially mentally and everything like that. And this week, I had to go in and talk to Dad. Uh, you're running out of money, and there's going to have to be some changes that are going to be uncomfortable for you. Uh, we had prayer together. He, he realizes the circumstances that has to go this way. Uh, but we just had a good tradition. My father's been very close. He doesn't talk about things like that. But we had a good talk, and we had a good time of prayer. And I was feeling bad for Dad. And when I left the home where he's at now, turned on uh, the radio, and the song they had on was God Will Make a Way. And that was just so comforting for me, and really praising the Lord for that. Me being who I am, worrying easily, uh, by the next day I had forgotten that blessing. Um, 
and I talked to one of the administrators there, and we had an appointment for the following day uh, to talk about Dad's arrangements. And uh, I was having devotions before I went in, and just happened to be where I read. Uh, I had made a note from the previous time I was in that passage, right in the margin, God will make a way when there seems to be another way. And it was just like God was telling me twice in just a couple of days, God will make a way. And so that really encouraged me again. Uh, we see God making a way. Uh, it's not there yet, but uh, it's more encouraging now than what it was. So I praise God that he is faithful. Amen. Amen. What I'd like us to do now is I'd like for everyone to stand. We did this back in the summer, so again, most of you missed this. And uh, I would like you to hold hands all the way across the aisles on both sides. And um, here's, here's what I'd like you to do. I'm going to lead us in prayer for this church and its future. And what I would like you to do is if you agree with what you hear, you feel it in your soul, I want you to say, Amen, or yes, I agree. Or, if you can't talk out loud, I want you to squeeze the people next to you, squeeze their hand. Because I want you to feel the energy of prayer and the Spirit as that energy goes through this room. Okay? And so, let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have brought us this far. And we thank you, Lord, that it is only the beginning. Now, Lord, we pray, again, that in the next year or so, you show us the ministries you want us to engage in. You show us who you want us to partner with. You show us, Lord, with who you want us to wrap our arms around and love them into the kingdom. We pray, Lord, for Pastor Hank. And when he is a senior pastor of this church, we pray you give him wisdom and strength and courage and you protect him and his family from the evil one. And Lord, we just pray you take this church where you want it to go. And Lord, for every heart that has grown dry, please pour living water into it. Lord, for every mind that has turned cynical, Lord, help them to rediscover childlike faith again. For, Lord, for everyone bearing burdens that have become such a distraction and so discouraging, they have given up on you. Lord, touch them now. and Let them know you are still here with them now. And, Lord, again, I pray against the evil one. Lord, we are in spiritual warfare, and I pray that you protect the people of this congregation. I pray that there is no pollution in the services here, in the ministries here. Lord, just help us restrain the enemy like you did with Daniel. Restrain the enemy and come and move in power. Lord, right now, create thirsty hearts all around us. Create, Lord, hungry souls. Lord, Show us where those thirsty hearts and hungry souls are. Lord Jesus, we pray that we will see your glory as we have never seen your glory before. 
that your spirit will move in utter freedom. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that we go where you lead. Help us to listen. Help us to see. Guide us. Give us wisdom. Give us revelation. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the last 20 years. We thank you for the people that were faithful before that. But Lord, I know you have great plans. Help us, Lord, to not miss the plans you have for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people say, amen, amen and amen. Do you have, yeah, would you lead a final song? And you are, you are dismissed, but if you want prayer individually, you know, if you want the intercessors to pray for you, uh, the dismissal does not mean we have to stop praying. So you go if you need to go, but some of us will stay here and pray. And uh, God bless you as you leave.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.